Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. What's up, guys? Brian Jackson here, Fourth Down Experience, along with Christopher Hughesby. I must say, Chris, I think this may possibly be a top five podcast. I don't even know how it's going to go yet, but I'm really hyped about our guest. How are you feeling about it, Chris? I'm excited about it, mainly because of the personal connections that we've developed with this interviewee. So I'm excited about it. Yep, guys. I mean, you really should listen to this one all the way through. I mean, if you guys are doubting yourselves and playing the next level, whether it's collegiate or professional, you always can achieve your dreams if you put yourself with the right people and work hard. We're really stoked because we have Daniel Bowen, a college soccer player turned professional kicker. Welcome to the show. What's up, Daniel? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. This is this is awesome. I've been following you guys for some time. Obviously, I know with you guys personally, so this is this is really cool. Yeah, Daniel, man, welcome to the 4th Down Experience Podcast. Uh, again, it is it is surreal, like we had mentioned in the intro. You're, you're up there, you're a professional athlete now on, on the football side of things, and getting a chance to see you from the start and see where you're at now, it's it's pretty awesome. So Yeah, Daniel, yeah I'm, ex- I'm excited. Daniel played college soccer at St. Bonaventure in New York, um, had a knee injury, and we'll, we'll go into more details of that, Daniel. And now, fast forward, 12, 13 years, he just turned 35, and happy birthday, Dan, to Thank that. Uh, happy birthday. He just got yeah. his second professional arena football game. Um, and talk about the team you're playing with, Dan. Who, who are you playing for right now, in which league? I'm playing for the Cape Fear Heroes in the American Arena League. Um, and they're out of uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. So right now I'm living in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is about an hour 15 from Fayetteville. Awesome. Yeah. So, how's the season going so far? And you've been on, you've been there in two uh, games. So, how's it been going? Yeah, the, I've been here two games. I think we're five and three right now, and we're guaranteed into playoffs. Um, we've got we our last home game last night. It was my personal game in the last one of the season, I guess. <laughs> um, and uh, and we have um, another game on Saturday. And in Charlotte against the Carolina Energy, who are also in the AAL. Uh, they're in a different division, I think. And then I, I suspect playoffs happen the week the week following, and I think you can have up to three games for playoffs. Nice. Yeah, so, just so for yeah. our listeners that are listening, um, what's nice these days is there's, there are a plethora of different arena leagues and tiers, and... So Arena Football League, which we've had quite a few guests on the show here, um, and, and Daniel finally got to meet some of those guys that Chris and I had already known, and um, then you also have like the NAL and the IFL, so now we have the AAL, and that's the one that Daniel's playing in, and you know guys, it's just like Arena Football, some of the, league, some of the rules are a little different, um, so Daniel, you know, in the NAL, uh, Kickers can hit a kickoff and they get two points and it's called a deuce. Um, what, what's the kickoffs like for you in the AAL? 
You know, so it's the same thing. You just only get one point, which is still really cool. Uh, so anytime we score, I get an opportunity to kick a PAT, uh, and then right after that, get to go and try to kick like a essentially a sixty-yard kickoff, but through uh, three-yard uprights. Oh, that's crazy! So, nice. Um, but it's it's I I've hit a couple unos now, and I hit them. So I hit one in our away game. Uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And then yesterday I hit it at home and everyone just, the celebration is awesome. It's so cool to hit it now. I I was looking on your Instagram, uh, Daniel P. Bowen underscore athlete, and you mentioned something about the crowd getting something. If you, like, made one of these, like, talk about that. Did you even know about that? Yeah. Uh, I kind of knew it from, so the week before I joined the team, uh, I had heard something about um, them and their kicker. So I went to watch watch the game, and I heard them say it over the intercom that, you know, if they make an Uno, then everybody gets uh, free – everybody in the crowd gets a gift card for free Bojangles uh, sweet roll. So, um, so the question is – I made two. So the question was, does everyone get two then? But <laughs> they just get one. They just get one. So um, – Still, it's like everyone's celebrating. I think my team uses it as kind of like a because everything, all everyone's celebrating. They can just kind of dance and do whatever they want in the field. It's kind of a, a taunt, but it's not really uh, because it's a celebration. So, um, so they they love they love it when we're making those. Nice. Well, for some of our listeners, uh, some of you guys might sense, you know, Daniel kind of figuring this out as he's going along too. Well. The, the fact of the matter is, he picked up kicking about a year ago, um, so I think, Daniel, it might be good if the listeners kind of hear your journey and really how you got to kicking and then what you've done and kind of just get us to, up to the current moment, and then we pick your brain a little further. Yeah, uh, so I was, I, I'll start with, I, I'd taken a year off from working, so when you're 35, you know, maybe you've worked a little while and you can do that, but uh, um, I was fortunate that I could do that and went home and and coached athletics at my high school and we didn't have a football team when I was there, but they have a football team now. And so I um, saw the kickers kicking uh, and I went over and I kicked five of seven from 50. And I was like, man, maybe I could do something like this, but I need to find a coach. Um, Cause I don't really know what I'm doing. Just like kicking it like a soccer ball, basically. Um, so, most kickers had a coach, uh, and I tried to get a, I tried to get in contact with him, but I couldn't get anything. And then a couple of months later, I started looking on the internet. And I found uh, Coach Jackson Brian, um, and uh, and I finally got up to Dothan. And we had our first session, and I think that's like my second post on my Instagram. My Instagram is supposed to show progression, like that's why I have it because. Um, because I don't have any history. So I had to think like, how could I, how could I show, you know, that I can do this thing? Um, Cause I don't have game, I don't have game film or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, I, I met up with Brian and uh, he showed me, I guess kind of showed me the ropes you could say. Um, and that helped me understand how to train. And then it was more about, trying to do all that, but not like break my body. Um, 
Uh, and so, and I knew since I was older too, like uh, recovery was going to be very important. So I tried to make that um, an important factor of my training was making sure that I recovered right. Um, one of the biggest things I found is ice baths basically give me like an extra day. Um, they save me a day, uh, but lots of other things too. And then, so I just started kicking and uh, Brian invited me to some camps. I think we went down to West Florida. Um, and kind of helped coach, but also, you know, as a place to train and, and talk with other kickers. Um, and a bunch of college guys. Um, there was a free agent college camp we went to in Atlanta, um, which was great. I think that was my first real kind of, I don't know, real experience kicking because I was kicking with guys who were actually kickers. Um, yeah, I remember that because uh, after, like, I want to say we started, well, you just turned 35, and we started right when you were finishing 33. So I think it's been yeah, like right. a, year, a year and a month. And so I think we did like four or five or six lessons. And then Chris and I, but Shoesby, um, yep. had a camp in Atlanta that you mentioned. And that's when you were kind of like, so kind of like, what's next? And I'm like, well, I mean, you're, are you really wanting to try to play, play some kind of pro ball? And you were like, yeah, I'll yeah, anything. And so I was like, well, you need to go to a camp just to kind of get some experience. You know, this is only going to be about 15 to 20 guys. And so this would be a good one because you won't be too intimidated by a bunch of people. And that's when you finally got to meet Chris Hughes because I wanted to make sure you met him. And Chris, I mean, talk about that. Cause you remember when I used to talk to you about this kind of this older guy that I'm training and then finally you beat him. Yeah. I remember you bringing him up and you're like, this guy played, played soccer wants to give kicking a try and 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 we met up and I think he's got it you know I think he can do it and um but you know you're like well he's a little older so I you know we'll see where this goes and then um yeah and then you're like he's, he's gonna come to the Atlanta camp is that cool and I was like yeah that sounds great yeah and, and kind of like what you mentioned probably your first real camp where you were exposed to some maybe talented legs cumulatively you know and really got a chance yeah. to compete to see where you're at, and I think that was probably a good test for you to see what you had to fine tune and and how to maybe hang with everybody as well, you know. And I think you did pretty good there. But what did what did you learn from the yeah. like the college free agent run camp? Uh, I learned at camps that you kick a ton. <laughs> um, True. So, uh, so it's, it's it was. Um, Interesting in that sense because it was just like, all right, we're gonna kick and then we're gonna kick again and then we're gonna kick again. <laughs> um, so, so just like getting, making sure my leg could handle that, um, which was good. I got to kind of see some limits, uh, but just talk. I think just talking to the guys, like you know, talking about little things about um, how they do X, Y, or Z, and like how how they train, and um, it's a lot of small talk, I guess. Um, but, but yeah, just hearing, and they, they could have even been things that like I, I thought were the way to do things and just talking to them allowed me to confirm some of that stuff. And so it, it helped me like move forward in my training. Um, but yeah, also yeah. competing, competing was great. Um, uh, that, that really helped, I think me understand you know, sort of the moment of kicking because you can train a bunch, but then. You know, when you're actually kicking a game, and I felt this three weeks ago, when you're actually kicking a game, it's like, this is it. And and so I think that was my first exposure to, like, 
this is it. Like when we charted and when we did uh, last kicker standings, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for, for the record, Chris and Dan, I think that was the most man buns that I've seen at a kicking yeah. in my life. We, we talked <laughs> about that, yeah, yes. There, was, there yeah. are at least three. Tyler Sumter, Corey McCullough, Brendan Torres, Daniel Legassi. Bowen, and Evan Legassi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think one thing that was a testament to you, Dan, and yeah, it helps that you're older and you know, you've been through regular jobs and things of that sort, but I think like, you know, whenever someone sees that someone's kind of like new, even though you, you could kick, but you could tell you're still kind of like not beginner, but like right past beginner. Yeah. Um, you know, some, sometimes guys kind of stay away, but I think it, it's a testament to your character and how good of a guy you are. Cause literally I think, I think every guy came up to you and talked to you and, and they just wanted to kind of give their little nugget or two just that they learned or what they do. Like, you know, I remember Sumter kind of giving you a couple of tips about punting and, yeah. and you're, yeah, you're yeah. just asking everyone questions. But I think what's kind of cool is Ryder and all these guys that kind of saw you as a beginner and, and now they're seeing you get paid to play. And so, I mean, how does that kind of feel just, just hearing that and thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I do get paid a little bit to play. I think it's just more the the like fact that somebody's paying me something to play. I definitely pay a lot more in gas than I'm getting paid. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's what it was about that camp is, is like any kind of question that came to my head, I had somebody there to talk to and ask about it, um, ask their opinion. Uh, so in just normally, like, it's not like I have kickers around me all the time. Or I'm, um, and I think actually that's probably the case in a, a lot of kickers uh, situations because you know I have the impression that you know when they practice it's the kicker kind of goes off and does his thing until he's needed um, and so there's no like like you have to go find your own coach you have to you have to get yourself surrounded by um, those people you can talk to and have them critique your what you're doing and help you out because mm-hmm. they don't they generally don't exist at your practice or whatever you have to kind of go out of your way to do it yourself yeah just just a little plug here on that camp just for you guys that are listening if you're if you're a senior and you're graduating just graduating last week or this week and if you're in college or a free agent we're actually having this camp again in atlanta the same place uh june 22nd and 23rd um obviously if if daniel if you're available you can come um and you guys sign up. Fred Mitchell is going to be there. It's the Fred Mitchell Top Kicker Award for Division One AA down all the way to JUCO. So if you're in D1 AA, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO, this is the only camp to get a chance to get a preseason watch list uh, nod if you come to this camp and kick in front of Chris I as well as Fred Mitchell. It's June 22nd through 23rd. Obviously, we welcome FBS kickers and snappers of all levels. And obviously, Dan, we'd love to have you again if, if you're available. I just kind of wanted to let everyone know about that camp that you're talking about. Yeah, I'd lo- I, I saw you post something about that somewhere. Um, and I was thinking, yeah, I'd, I'd love to go to that. The only thing I think might get in the way is, like, if we – I think that could be when the championship game is. So if we do really great. Then, yeah. But if not, then – I definitely want to go. I just got to see. Yeah. Just got to see what else I got. That'd be awesome if you got a ring your first your first ever year playing. That, that would be absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So, Daniel, after this camp, you kind of regroup. You start seeing the 
hearing the ins and the outs from all the guys that have probably been doing it for somewhere between three and seven years as a specialist. So you go back, regroup. Uh, what do you do next? Because, you know, you're probably thinking how much do you want to invest in this? How, how far do you want to take it? And then what is yeah. what is like a mentor like Brian help you with to make it to the professional level? Well, I, I keep saying I think Brian... Brian helped me understand how to train, um, uh, and you know, not overkicking and just sort of like different drills uh, to work on. It, it basically gave me sort of a, a lattice that I could kind of build my training around. Um, and uh, so, yeah, after that camp, um, I mean, at the time, I still didn't—I still didn't have a job, so. After that camp, I like I was just laser focused on this since I didn't have any other responsibilities. Uh, not married, I don't have kids. Um, since I didn't have any other responsibilities, um, I could just wake up and that was my focus every day. So I, uh, for strength and for my legs, I just ran five k's. Um, so I'd run. Sometimes I'd run a couple in a day, uh, but usually I'd run at least one 5k every day and I was doing that for to build strength in my legs a lot of people I think are lifting weights but running was so much more natural for me um, so I just decided that's how I was going to do it um, so I did a lot of running um, a lot of swimming which is just for full body uh, fitness and then you know sometime in the middle of the day I'd go and kick um, I didn't start uh, I, I was just kicking like three times, three times a week. Um, but once I found foam footballs, then I started kicking more often because uh, I could kick on my off days. Uh, I just don't kick a, a full football. Um, so that and a lot of naps. Yeah. <laughs> sleep, sleep is very. I think sleep is. That's something I, I'm trying to focus on right now. Um, I can tell a difference when I go out and train, uh, and I haven't gotten the sleep I need. If, if I get enough sleep, it's almost like I can just, I'm just that more focused, that I can be that much more focused and like trust what my body can do. Uh, but right. if I don't, then, then it's harder. So that's a big focus for me right now. When I didn't have a job, it was easy. <laughs> so fast forward, you know, you come to West Florida camp, uh, you help Chris and I out with some camps. Chris, Chris even gave you some tips and at the camps and we were both kind of mentored you and. You know, yeah. that's that's what's nice about Chris and I. It's you know, it's not it's not just me, you know, and you know, Chris and I have, have overlapped several specialists together because we, we want what's best for the specialists and, and you had mentioned to me that, you know, you were interested in wanting to see Carney and John Carney out mm -hmm. on the West Coast and, and Chris and I had mutual interests kinda simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So, um, kinda talk about let's fast forward to San Diego. Kinda talk about that. Yeah, yeah San Diego was, was awesome. Um I, I had it. I started following them on Instagram, uh, the Carney Training Facility, and um, I think what we both saw is like there, there's something out there that we could go learn from because he's just he's done it for so long, and now he just has a gym, and he works with. I mean, frankly, he just he works with professionals that are going to that are NFL bound. Um, it seems like he's working with the top guys, and so they're doing something out there that is. Um, that's that's working. Uh, so, like, what kind of workouts are they doing? How are they scheduling their day? Like, what what does all that look like? I think that's what was going through my head. 
Um, but going out there, it was um, it was great. Uh, San Diego is great, first of all. Um, it's just sunny every day. It's hard to wake up there without a smile. Um, and, uh, yeah, just hearing... It was interesting to hear Coach Kearney talk about um, things like sort of promoting a kicker's natural natural way they kick. Um, so I know there's also the experience I've seen in the past year or so is there's a lot of coaches who who kind of try to get you to coach to kick their way. And I thought it was really refreshing to hear that. Um, not, not that that's what you did for me, Brian. I think you were really open with, with the way I was kicking. Um, so, uh, but it was refreshing to hear that too. So, um, but then also just being able to kick with like uh, guys like Ty Long, uh, Ernesto Lacayo, um, who else is out there? Uh, Cole Murphy, right? Cole Murphy, um, Richard Jones, Adrian Trevino. Yeah, there were a bunch of guys out there. It was just like. It was just cool. Like they'd sit there and watch you do your thing, and then um, they give you little pointers here and there about things. And they're just little things, but it it just means so much coming from you know guys who are are, are at the top of the game. So it was it was an incredible experience. It was awesome to meet uh, John Carney and all those guys. So, and Ernesto Lacayo gave me a helmet <laughs> to, oh, awesome. to to practice with. So um, I just got a, trench, a chin strap, so now I can practice with it. But I also have my team helmet. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. So yeah. now fast forward after that then. So how did this arena opportunity come about? Like, have you been, had you been training for it and then it came up? Or did Brian tell you about it and then you adjusted? Or how did this arena thing come about? My plan was to train uh, slow and steady for until the fall. And then in the fall is when, I learned last year, the fall is when all the indoor tryouts happen because um, they play their seasons now. Um, so my plan was just to train until the fall and then um, try to identify, at some point I was going to sit down, I still do this, I guess, sit down and identify like what teams I might want to try out for. Um, but I talked to Brian about doing this and he was like like you need to get some game film like you should try to get on a team this season and um turned out that the cape fear heroes nearby um and brian 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 had this information that the cape fear heroes nearby were uh potentially in need of a kicker so um yeah, I, I think uh, my information got sent to the coach, and um, and eventually I did get uh, I did get a text from the coach that had me come in. I guess it would have been three weeks ago now, on like a Tuesday, and they were practicing in the arena, um, and I just showed up for practice. And I think they all warmed up, and the first thing they did was kicking. They they just wanted to think like, okay, this guy's here. Let's have him kick. So I kicked, um, see, I did, I don't know the order we did stuff in, but I did I did some kickoffs, which were uh, high enough and far enough that he was happy with them. I wasn't kicking them out, but they were to the back of the end zone, and they were pretty high. Um, got me to do two onside kicks. 
uh, which I just did dribblers to the right, and I happened to just hit them perfect. They were just perfect dribblers right to the, uh, you know, ten and a half yard line. Um, and then we kicked some uh, field goals and PATs. And I think I think they're more interested in uh, PATs. I think that was their big thing. They just wanted to get the get the PATs for the touchdowns they were making. So, um, so yeah, that's how it happened. And then uh, I guess they invited me back. And when I played, uh, we drove down to Macon that weekend on a Saturday. It was Saturday, yeah. And played the Georgia Doom, and that was my first game. Um, and I hit, let's see, hit one Uno in the game. I went five for five on PATs, uh, and I, I missed two field goals. One was just pure pure confusion. Um, <laughs> the other one was blocked. But me and the, the holder, uh, I, think it, I think it was pretty straight. It just a guy got through and blocked it. So... One of the things I loved when you posted on your Instagram stories uh, that Ernesto said a couple weeks ago was was uh, he was talking about you when we interviewed him, and I, I think you listened to the podcast actually. Yeah. And uh, and and he was like, just just tell Daniel not to post any of his missed, <laughs> missed kicks on his stories, and I'm like, I think Daniel's just like totally cool with doing that. You know, he's just like, you know, it is what it is. It's not like. I mean, yeah, I can't, I, I can't hide from it. Yeah, I didn't post it as a post, so it's not there forever. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I, I actually, I actually respected that to be honest with you because it just shows that you're not perfect, and that literally happens in games. I mean, I've missed, I've missed a game tying field goal from like 27 yards out in arena ball, you know, and we ended up losing yeah. an arena championship. So I mean, it shit happens, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think that's. I think that's exactly why is, is because in some sense, like, you know, I'm in some sense, I'm like not a kicker. Like I'm not supposed to be here. Um, and so when I think of people that look at my page, um, I, I feel like part of it is to give is to understand that whole experience because all of it's new to me. Uh, so, um, you know, if I miss, like I have a list of things that I want to experience and one of them is like missing a field goal. And missing a PAT, um, and you know, or missing a field goal, and then making a field goal. Like I haven't done that yet. Um, <laughs> but but like all those little things, I figure they're going to happen. And like you said, that that stuff just happens. Um, I think it's just how I posted. Like I missed some PATs this time. I'm not going to post them to my story, but I'll take it. Really, and you had so. a couple blocked. I mean. You know, it is what it is, but yeah, what yeah. I told you, the, the most important thing here, when you're like, I'm just going to wait till the fall, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, I'm sure glad he texted me, because, you know, just, we're all, like, have so much, so many things going on in our lives, but I'm, like, sitting here thinking, there's so many arena leagues out there, and there's so many in the East Coast region, I'm like, surely he can, he can play somewhere, I know he can, so I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to text the owner of the AAL, and just, just say, hey, how many... How many teams in the AL are close to Raleigh and Charlotte and whatnot? And, and then he told me, and I told Daniel, and Daniel was like, I'm not going to drive more than three hours. You know, Chris, this is kind of what he's telling me. And so I'm like, all right, so I'll tell, I tell the owner, and I just basically said, like, are there any teams over there that need a kicker? Mm-hmm. You know, that, and literally 
the film that that we you and I did, Chris of Daniel, and obviously testament to Daniel because Daniel is the one kicking in the film. Um, you know that film from those two camps, including the San Diego camp, uh, Chris that that you made mm-hmm. um, for Daniel. Um, that was enough. Yep, that, those two films from West Florida and San Diego and NKR were the reason to get him in the door, and then it was up to Daniel to execute. And shit, he signed a contract that night after his trial. So I mean, yeah, it's just an awesome story, yep. Dan. I mean, yeah. you're you're living proof that you know it's never too late. Um, you know, you also one thing that I did not have to harp on you on when we first started training is your your workout routine. You know, I gave you some tips for kicking, but you were already a fit, a fit athlete, and you already had recovery strategies. I just kind of just gave you tips related to kicking, so that was very easy for you, in my opinion. Um, and then I think being exposed to other guys, and then kind of rejuvenating yourself out in San Diego with Carney, you know, and now you're possibly competing for a for a championship. I just think it's I think it's great because now you have, even though you made six pass and missed a couple this past weekend you already have 11 made extra points and, and three unos you know so um you already have game film to possibly get in the nal or the ifl or the afl next year and i, I think that's the goal is that is that what, what's your goal is now moving forward um i mean i'd like to just keep uh kicking for now i i guess you know if i if i have sort of stretch goals that um, stress goals that that maybe seem realistic. If I could just keep training the way I do, um, I think uh, the NAL is is um, is a place I can. It seems like a step up, and then I mean, obviously the AFL would be incredible. I've watched some of those games, and it just looks awesome. They don't have unos or deuces. Like the NAL would be cool because you get two points for everything that you get, but. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the AFL would be, I think that's the top of like my realistic goals. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I do want to say too that um, something I kind of skipped over. So last summer, my training uh, was a lot more intense because um, I didn't have a job. But once I had a job, like I have a nine to five, um, I have a nine to five job every day. So um, I knew I couldn't do that. And so for indoor, because I knew that my shot was an indoor, uh, pretty much the only thing I do when I go train is I go out to a field uh, that has a lamppost, and I line up 18 yards away from that lamppost, and I just kick it back. That's all I do, um, kicking-wise. And so that saved me a lot, all the energy that I was spending last summer. I had to, like, just say this is I'm just gonna sit here and kick at this thing if I get really good at this then maybe somebody will be um will give me a shot so I had to kind of like narrow my focus um uh to to make this happen with the job yeah no that's awesome I mean I think at that level arena I mean if you can be accurate you know there's there's gonna be jobs available for you you know the uh that's my thought so the one thing I really liked about you, Dan, uh, as I've gotten a chance to now know you over the course of a year, I, I, I love the statistical data analysis side of you because I, I connect with some of that stuff as well. And I think 
your dedication to having like a routine in a schedule and kind of following how your body feels after you do certain things with your body, whether it's icing or you know muscle shock therapy or doing all this stuff, and then you kind of track the results after that, I think that's huge because I think that's what can help other athletes find success by actually paying attention to the process and learning from each little thing you do and, and tracking it in a certain way. So I always thought that was really cool yeah. that you did that. Yeah. Yeah, I did go through a time, too, where I was, um, like, I would videotape all of my uh, sessions, and I would kind of qualify each kick. So it'd be like, you know, did I hit it? Did it come close? Was it uh, inside, you know, what would it be, what would be like indoor uprights? And I would track that on a spreadsheet. The idea was that over time I could see my progress. Uh, I think the thing you have to be careful of is what Brian's told me too is, um, and you probably feel this too, Chris, is, uh, you know, you don't want to bog yourself down in the numbers because you don't want that to stress you out. And, um, but I think you just need to learn to separate the two. But also my day job is I'm a, uh, a product analyst data scientist. So this is kind of what I do. I'm just the product. Um, and, It'd be great if I could come up with ways uh, to measure kickers. Um, that could just help us be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always thinking about those things. Yeah, so, I mean, as we wrap up the interview, Dan, you know, just you know, a year and a couple months, experienced kicker now. I mean, you're 30, you just turned 35. You're in great, great shape, kicking the ball well. You know, if there's 14, 16-year-olds, 23-year-olds listening to this, I mean, what are some words of advice just from the things that you've learned and the experience that you've had? You've had a bunch of experience for the last years. Kind of, what do you tell them? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's easy to say just uh, try to pay attention to your body and stick to your routines. And You, know, you can change your routines um, as you sort of learn what works for you. But... Uh, it's also tough. Like I'm, I'm thinking back to when I was that age, and uh, even when I was playing soccer in college, like I was not as disciplined. Plus, there's a lot of other like temptations and and different social things that I just don't have in my life right now. Pretty much, I work and I kick and I uh, eat and sleep and and do it again the next day. Um, so that that's hard to do as as a youngster. But if you can. Uh, and, and you can have that focus. Like, what's so cool about kicking is it's it's just this one thing. You don't have to like know how to play the game of soccer. You don't have to know all the different schemes of what's going on and how to move within them. You just got to do this one thing. And so, if you can be laser focused on doing that one thing so perfectly, and uh, especially if you're young, and you can take that into into college um, and through college. I think there's a lot of opportunity to, to be great. Nice. Well, sweet. Well, one of the Daniel, this is going to have a unique twist to it here, but uh, yeah. the question we ask everybody is: their five favorite stadiums, arenas they've ever played in. You're kind of newer to the game, so uh, we're going to let you be a little creative here of the stadiums you've played in so far as a pro. I don't know if you want to expand to maybe some soccer stadiums, yeah. but at least foot. How about First football-related facilities that you've that you're that are your favorite so far. Well, the Crown Coliseum actually is really cool. Um, it was a lot better than 
the place we played in Macon. Uh, place we played in Macon was it was okay, um, but uh, but the Crown Coliseum was really fun. It actually felt kind of you know like an arena. It felt like a big stage. Um, so that was that place is cool. That's our home field in Fayetteville. Um, other than that, you know, I guess Macon. <laughs> that's the other one I played in. Um, <laughs> Uh, soccer wise, uh, when I was 12, uh, 13, I played in a tournament called, um, and it was in, uh, Bolivia and we played awesome. in their main stadium in the center of, we played in their main stadium in the center of the city. Um, and there were like, there were fireworks going off all over the place, tens of thousands of people. It was, it was incredible. Um. I didn't get in the game. I was playing a year up. I was a U15 tournament, but uh, I did get time in that tournament. Um, we played, I think we played Uruguay's U15s and Paraguay's U15s. Um, but, uh, but that stadium was just really a really cool experience. Nice. The other one I could think of was when I was a freshman in college, uh, St. Bonaventure, we'd won a couple games to start the season. And the coaches poll had us at 13, uh, 12th in the country. We were just behind Notre Dame. Um, and so our next game was at Cornell. And there, that place, it, it wasn't a huge stadium. Uh, it was more like glorified high school field. Like it was just big, big bleachers. Uh, but it was packed. And they were, like we had targets on our back, obviously. They had made a big deal about that game. So... That was a cool experience to be in. Um, I, I did kick in Doug Campbell once. <laughs> it was my it was my twenty first birthday, and it was four a.m. So you can imagine the circumstances. Um, yeah. And uh, but me and my roommate, um, one of our friends in our in the fraternity, had uh, he was a kicker at one point at LSU, so he had some balls, and um, he had a like a PVC stand or something. And we just took those in there. And I remember I kicked, the last one I kicked was 45 yards and it pinged off the uprights and went in. And that was my last one I went home. <laughs> but kicking Doug Campbell with nobody there. <laughs> so that's nice. kind of cool. <laughs> cool. But yeah, that, that's it, I think. Looking at some of the, you know, watching it online or I think you even went to a couple games just to, just to get the in-person experience because... You know, like we preach at our camps, we always tell guys to be proactive and be persistent and be patient. And one of the things that we liked about you, Dan, is that you're proactive. You went out and, and checked some of the games out. Is Are there any arenas in, in the NAL or the IFL or the AFL that, like three or four, that you'd be like, man, that'd be dope to play in? Uh, I did see, I mean, the Cobras are about as far away from me as, as um, the the heroes. Uh, and so I, I've been to one of their games and that was really cool. I got to meet Nick, Nick Belcher and Tyler Rasa. Um, it was, uh, the Cobras versus the mass pirates. And, uh, that was, it was just a, it was a cool stadium. Um, that was my first indoor football game I'd ever been to. And it was a cool experience. It makes me think of NFL blitz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, indoor football is NFL blitz to me. Um, all three, all three of us would know that. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, any of the AFL stadiums just look incredible. Um, 
Yeah, they're great. Huge nets, the huge nets, and it looks like they get you know thousands of fans. Uh, it just looks like an awesome experience uh, to play in any of those places. Hmm. Um, anywhere else, I would have liked to see uh, Ernesto play when we were down in San Diego, but I think his game was away that weekend, fortunately, so it didn't happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think any AFL stadium would be awesome. Oh, great! I mean, you know, Chris and I were talking earlier, um, earlier on this week, and you just like, hey man, um, you know, we got we got some kickers on our radar. Uh, what do you think about Daniel Bowen? I'm like, let's do it, man. I mean, dude's <laughs> playing playing the AAL, and he's a great story. So we really hope that you guys uh, learned a lot from this one, and and go after your dreams, man. Daniel's a great testament to that. Feel free to reach him out at Daniel P. Bowen underscore athlete on Instagram and Daniel P. Bowen on Twitter. Um, thanks for being on, man. This is a great this is a great podcast. We really appreciate you uh, talking with us tonight, D. Yeah, thanks. This is this is great. Yeah, when I got that text, I, I just smiled. And, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. There you go. Not another bucket list thing that you can check off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, I mean you deserve it. Totally yeah. deserve it for sure. Yep. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you being on. All right, man. Have a great night. Yeah. See ya. All right. Bye. Well, all right, Chris. That was pretty cool, huh? Yeah. I thought that was fun. Um, you know, when we were brainstorming and, and, and planning out our, our next batch of interviews, uh, you know, Daniel made sense. You know, obviously, since he made it into the league, I just thought his story would be so cool to just talk about, you know, that going for, you know, obviously it's very common to be a soccer player, become a kicker, but to be able to just pick up kicking in your thirties and kind of be intrigued about it. And then, you know, the fact that you were able to basically turn him into a pro kicker, pro arena kicker within a year, is pretty incredible because there's a lot of people trying to make it in the, in arena. So the fact that he was good enough to make it to a team was, is awesome. And, you know, it's a testament too, man, for people who want to play arena football, you know, what I've observed over the 10 years that I've known you is you got the ins for arena football. So I, I mean, I always try to tell people, if you want to play arena ball, you need to hit up Brian because he, he's got the connections, you know, but I mean, that connection was pretty sweet, but just the fact that he made it after, you know, within a year of training and he was dedicated to it, you could just see it following the social media, which is also sweet because... You know, if you want to play at a high level, I mean, you got to have some dedication towards it as well. So that was yeah, fun. Yeah, I, I appreciate that comment, man. And, and but you know, I, and you guys were were nice and gave me some some cred. But Daniel's worked his ass off. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, just like you said, you can tell on a social, and and you know, you know him personally. And Chris, you've been a good mentor to him and a good coach to him as well. Um, but Daniel put in the work, man. He he listened, he soaked it all in, and then then he went to work, and you know, and then. And he, he did he did his research too, guys. You know, we always talk about being proactive, being persistent, the three Ps and being patient. You know, he, he did his research on teams, he looked up kickers, he already knew that the, that Nick Belcher was gonna kick for Carolina Cobras and he was doing research on different uh, arena teams and different kickers you know, it just so happened that this worked out. So um, man, I really stoked for this one. I uh, really hope you guys reach out to Dan and follow his journey on social media. We'll tag him on social media. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us, and I think Chris is going to talk about our Patreon account as well. Yeah, guys. Um, 
you maybe have heard some of our, our plugs before here, but um, Brian and I do this for free. You know, we do it on the side. Uh, we, you know, we've got full-time jobs, obviously, as cooking coaches and, and, and other things that we do. You know, if you are if you like what we do and willing to become a patron and, and, and donate to what we do with the podcast, uh, we have a link in the notes. Um, but any, any sort of donation just helps helps makes makes this thing a little bit easier for us to do it uh, as a as a gesture to kind of help you guys out and give you some free advice free tips and let you learn about the journeys of a lot of these professional athletes so uh, if that's something you have interest in see the link in the show notes um, for those of you we're starting to get more inquiries every week um, but if you if you like our style um, Brian and I obviously run a number of camps together you can find a lot of our camps under nationalkickingrankings.com or Team Jackson Kicking or Special Teams Football Academy. But we do a lot of virtual lessons, and I've seen a lot in the industry. And I think for kicking and punting training, Brian and I probably offer some of the most thorough uh, virtual lessons out there in the market. And if you have interest in doing something like that, very affordable, and um, just reach out to us. Our, our handles are in the in the notes as well, so we can help you out from the comforts of your own home. So. I uh, really appreciate all the support over the years. We've been doing this now for about a year and a half, which is crazy. And I can't believe kind of what we've done in this journey. But thank you all for the support as we've done it as well. Thanks, guys. Follow us on social media, Fort Down Experience. Yep. Take care, guys. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps. That's NKR underscore camps or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out NationalKickingRankings.com. Thank you for listening to the Fourth Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fourth Down Experience.